0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So our practice this week, uh, today is the first day or the uh, kind of the orientation and instruction uh, day uh, for our week-long non-residential daily life practice retreat. So today I'll be offering practices and tools and suggestions for incorporating mindfulness into the midst of your everyday activities. And um, um, the, the, the structure... So today I'll be offering those those practices, those tools, those techniques. And then during the week we will gather... Um, I will be here every morning and every evening during the week from 7.30 to 9 a.m. in the morning, from 7.30 to 9 p.m. in the evening. And this is really where the the juice of the daily life practice retreat happens, because the uh, the conversations that happen, and it's largely conversational, although... I will um, be offering some more tools and explicit teachings as we go during the week. But largely what happens during these daily life practice weeks is that there's a conversation with you and me about how you're exploring mindfulness in daily life. And so it's very, it's very conversational and very um, tuned to what you're actually experiencing during the week. So I encourage you, as much as you can, to come during, during these sessions during the week. Um, I, I realize that uh, for many of you, your lives are scheduled fully. And um, it's not a requirement to come every morning and every evening during the week. Uh, but I do uh, suggest, if you'd like this to feel like a retreat, and those who I, I have... Um, taught on this retreat in the past, and who have attended regularly, have have said just how deep and how um, profound the week can be when it's treated as a retreat. And when you do come regularly during the week, may not be able to come every morning and every evening, um, but but just the kind of the bracketing of our of our work day with dharma conversation and practice has a very profound and um, uh, building effect over the week to support and encourage your, uh, your practice in daily life. If only for just showing up and, and having it be something that you're doing during this week. You know, during the day, you'll remember, oh right, I'm going back to IMC in the evening. That will help you remember to be mindful. Uh, as you prepare uh, your breakfast in the morning, you'll be remembering, oh, I'm getting ready to go to IMC. That will help you to be mindful. And so it provides a kind of a container uh, this retreat provides a container that brackets our week with uh, with Dharma with teachings and instructions, so we have a the, the half day today and a day long on Saturday and every day during the week bracketing our day with whatever uh, whatever you 're engaged in whether it 's work or being um, being a parent um, at home or volunteer, whatever your everyday life is like, uh, this practice. Um, can infuse it and the the container of the retreat offers a support for that. So I encourage you to come as much as you can during the week. And then uh, Saturday we will have a day long um, that will uh, offer a mm, kind of a more uh, open awareness practice that integrates very well with daily life practice. During the week, um, Monday evening and Thursday evening, there are the usual um, uh, entire community events. I will be teaching those talks. I'll be offering the talks on Monday and Thursday evening. But on those evenings, it will be more of a stealth daily life practice retreat um, because uh, the entire community is going to be here for that. So the topics that I'll speak on will be of relevance to the daily life practice retreat. Um, but we won't be having the conversation that we'll be having at other times during the week. So uh, just a sense for for uh, my sense. How many of you are planning to attend during the week? It, it is um, great. I'm glad to see that. It's, uh, it's really a, a wonderful community that forms also um, You'll you'll see how wonderful it is to have Dharma conversation um, uh, with a smaller group of part- of of practitioners. So, to start the uh, both the teaching and the container for the retreat, I like to uh, begin by offering the uh, the refuges and the precepts. Um, this is a traditional way that we begin residential retreats by actually kind of acknowledging to each other that we're entering into a practice together that is grounded in the teachings of the Buddha his Dharma and the community the Sangha that those are the three uh, refuges that we um, formally connect to in our Buddhist teaching we, we going for refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. And this is, um, in my kind of sense of it, is that the Buddha, in a way, represents um, our own capacity to awaken. The Buddha was a human being. And he uh, discovered this path, this practice. He discovered that it's possible to be free from the way our minds construct greed, aversion, and delusion, the way our minds construct suffering in the, in our world, and so he uh, he discovered that it 's possible, but he was a human being, and he said over and over again, "It is possible to free the mind as a human being it 's possible to do this i wouldn 't ask you to do if it if, if it weren 't possible and so we 're in taking refuge in the Buddha to me, there is a way we might connect to the lineage of of the Buddha and the kind of transmission that's happened over the course of 2,600 years of people who have uh, woken up and um, transmitted the teachings, the Dharma. Um, But I also like to connect it to just here and now, this refuge in the Buddha, being refuge in our own capacity to wake up, our own capacity to be mindful and then um, a refuge in the Dharma is, it's kind of got two sides to it also. It's a refuge in um, the teachings, the practices, the Buddha's Dharma, the Buddha's teaching, that these uh, tools are ways that we can kind of we can fall back on the understandings of the teaching, recognizing that um, if we simply engage with the teachings, The Buddha has said, you know, if you engage with these teachings, the Dharma will incline you towards this freedom and towards this release from the suffering that's of our own mind's construction. And so um, we can take refuge in that understanding that just engaging with these teachings has a very powerful impact on our lives. And then another framing for the word dharma in the suttas is that dharma essentially also not only means the Buddha's teaching, but also refers to just the truth of experience, the truth of the way things are, things as they are. And this is uh, kind of acknowledging or beginning to acknowledge that what we wake up to, what we what we what that that uh, that first refuge in the Buddha, our capacity to become awake, what that capacity wakes up to is a um, the truth of this moment, the truth of what 's actually happening right now, kind of underneath our ideas, our views, our opinions, our perceptions, but what's actually going on, and that what's actually going on. Uh, we tend to misperceive, we tend to not recognize as impermanent, as unreliable, as uncontrollable. And so we are beginning to open to and to wake up to this truth, these truths. We'll talk about these as we go through the week. Undoubtedly, these will come up. Uh, the, the ways in which we, we want things to be permanent, we want things to be reliable, we want things to be controllable. So much of our suffering comes from trying to resist that, this, that these truths are kind of just the nature of our world, our, our experience. And so, taking refuge in the Dharma is taking refuge in both the teachings and in the um, the truth. And refuge, the word refuge, means some means like safety or uh, protectedness, a place where we can land that feels somewhat safe for us. We um, we often put our a sense of safety in areas in the world that are impermanent, that are unreliable, that are out of control, and so we mistakenly um, offer our or ask for uh, safety from things that are not reliable that are not permanent, that are not controllable. And so this is one of the main reasons that we suffer. And so taking refuge here means kind of aligning ourselves. I like to think of this as aligning ourselves with what is actually true. And there's a way that our minds begin to relax and begin to... uh, mm. Uh, let go of this uh, wish for things to be other than they are as we connect with this capacity to be here for things as they are. This is taking refuge in the Dharma. And taking refuge in the Sangha is taking refuge in the community of practitioners. Formally, it's, it's refuge in the community of practitioners that have understood to a fairly uh, strong degree the uh, teachings and practices and the truth that have woken up for themselves and can actually uh, describe and uh, elucidate some of the teachings. And so this uh, the refuge in Sangha formally means a refuge in the, the lineage of beings that have carried this teaching to us. Beings here uh, now in our world, beings from the past, this lineage, and yet you'll also see a way in which we take refuge in our community that the uh, the conversations that we have during the week will you will find very supportive as you hear from others talking about what they are exploring in their daily lives. You'll see. Oh yeah, I'm I'm exploring that too, and, and it's really helpful to hear that I'm not alone here. So the uh, the refuge in the sangha has this, this this multiple level too, that we we can take refuge in the community that we're practicing with, the support that we that we develop from this, and so in our daily life practice uh, retreat, the refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, the sangha. Uh, can be a kind of a way that we step back when we're struggling. I found this in my own practice at times when I've been struggling in the practice, feeling like I'm, I'm meeting something that's hard to be with. I can remind myself, right, refuge in the dharma. Things are impermanent, unreliable. Or refuge in the dharma. What's up to me right now is to just see, can I meet this as best I can? Or refuge in the truth. Refuge in community that these these refuges can help to support us during the week. And then um, the precepts. I really have been teaching a lot about the precepts and ethics. The precepts basically a kind of a description of how we engage in the world with the intention towards non-harming. And this is so critical, especially in daily life practice, where we're directly engaged with uh, other people. You know, in the in retreat, we take these precepts. We take uh, and these five precepts are refraining from killing living beings, including, um, you know, insects and spiders and things like that. So, refraining from killing living beings, refraining from taking what's not given, uh, refraining from um, um, you know even even um, you know picking up something or taking something that hasn 't been offered something it 's uh, understood in that way, and so, for instance, uh, at some of our work situations, there may be um, office supplies that are offered for use at work during work, and maybe they 're not offered for us to take home with us, so just you know keeping a sense of what is offered. In our, in our day. Um, the third precept around refraining from, um, cause creating harm through sexuality. And this is a, um, this is a, an important precept about how we use our sexual energy. Uh, are we using our sexual energy to get something from somebody? So, so it's a. It can be, you know, the simple definition of refraining from harm through sexuality is basically that we um, not engage in um, um, uh, adultery, that we not engage in. Um, um, actually, the 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 Buddhist. Um, Framing of this is very male centric <laughs> you know that that uh, you not engage or the, that you not have sexual relations with a female who is protected by another, and that includes um, you know any anyone who has a father a brother a, a sister um, um, anyone who's engaged, um, anyone who's married already. Um, and so there's this understanding, I think, that, that the, at least my understanding is that the, the language of refraining from creating harm through sexuality was specific uh, to the cultural norms of the day. And so what are the cultural norms of our day around creating harm through sexuality? There's a lot of variability of this. But uh, to, to just be cognizant of this, to be cognizant of this aspect of, um, of our energy. And, and you know, it's, it's possible that we are unconscious of our sexual energy at times and using it in ways that um, may be not so skillful. So again, just being aware of this. It, it, I like to think of these precepts as um, awareness tools. They help us to recognize areas or ways in which we may be uh, unaware, we may be creating harm through our engagement with in relationship um, and to to be conscious of it to become conscious of it. Uh, then the fourth uh, kind uh, the fourth precept is refraining from um, false speech, and more generally over the week, I think we 'll broaden that to refraining from unskillful speech. Uh, including harsh speech, divisive speech. Uh, we can explore the idle chatter piece, um, which is an interesting piece. So refraining from false speech, harsh speech, divisive speech, and idle chatter. Um, um, these, uh, these kinds of refraining, I mean, the, the idle chatter is, is more um, because it leads to delusion in our minds, to just kind of be chattering away about something that does not have purpose and intent. The uh, the definition of, of idle chatter is um, speech that has no purpose. And so if we are engaging in speech that has no purpose, then we're cultivating a, a kind of delusion in our minds. But the, the other three, refraining from false speech, harsh speech, divisive speech, are more actively about non-harming, non-harming in relationships. Uh, not creating the conditions of of um, false speech of of lying um, of not creating uh, conditions of dividing ourselves from others, so this is an exploration around selfing and othering. Are we dividing ourselves from others in our speech uh, harsh speech uh, speech speech that creates um, um, uh, Ill will, speech that creates aversion, speech that creates um, harshness in our minds and in other people. When we engage in harsh speech it tends to generate harsh speech in others. And so these first three are really around uh, refraining from harm through speech. And then the fifth precept is refraining from intoxicants that cloud the mind and lead to heedlessness. And there are different ways that teachers uh, understand that uh, that precept. Um, just had a conversation about this topic at the at the teachers at the International Vipassana Teachers Conference, and one of the um, one of the senior teachers said it's it even seems to be a little bit unclear in the Pali whether the injunction is to refrain at least in the in the statement of the precept itself whether the injunction is to refrain from intoxicants entirely or re- refrain from intoxicants to the point of intoxication, so uh, you know having a glass of wine or a half a glass of wine may not lead to intoxication uh, so I I do actually encourage you this week, and and we'll talk more about this perhaps as the week goes on, encourage you to explore what it might mean to uh, practice with this precept, to see. And, And the way I practiced with this precept initially was to begin to explore how does it impact me to have a glass of wine in the evening. And I quickly discovered that even a single glass of wine impacted the clarity of my mind, not only that evening as I tried to sit down to meditate, but the next morning. And as I began to value clarity of mind more than this, the, the little bit of relaxation and the flavor that I got from the wine, I, it was easier to let it go. And so as an exploration for me, this was a cor- over the course of uh, a number of months I explored this, this precept. And um, at this point, I'm, I'm not, I would say that I'm not completely... Um, abstinent uh, from alcohol because I do at times when I go to visit my family share a glass of wine with my father that's a kind of a way that we connect in a way and so uh, largely I I refrain from from alcohol uh, and drugs Um, but again I just encourage your exploration around this Around this uh, this precept, and so again, the the precepts are about ethics, but the framing of ethics in our practice is really about non-harming. The Buddha is actually highlighting these areas of engagement with each other as places where if, you're, if you are um, harming other beings through killing or taking what's not given or through sexual misconduct or through some of these ways of harming through speech, then we are uh, creating a world in which uh, suffering is um, a resulting from our actions. And if we are interested in exploring ways to let go of suffering in our own hearts and minds, not engaging in ways that generate it in our own minds and in others' minds is very supportive, is very helpful. And so looking at these precepts not as injunctions but more as explorations of what what supports us to uh, let go of those Activities in our mind that tend to catch us up in greed, aversion, and delusion. So, um, in particular this week, the theme that I'm going to offer for the Daily Life Practice Retreat is a theme of intention. Um, So we'll offer some of the tools for generally bringing mindfulness to daily life, but to... um, kind of emphasize or explore intention in our, um, in our lives, and kind of reflecting on intention and seeing how reflecting on our intention, our aspiration, our intention, and uh, the moment-to-moment uh, areas of volition in our experience, that this shapes our, our lives. And having wholesome intention Having intention grounded in the wish towards or the, the direction towards letting go the direction towards freedom from suffering, having our intentions grounded in non ill will in um, in renunciation in compassion in non harming having our intentions grounded in those areas leads us to engage in in the world connected to this. Um, skillful direction, and so as we reflect on intention, we begin to see that it it supports us in our uh, relationships. Really, I think this whole area of ethics is the Buddha asking us: be mindful in relationship. It's not just about sitting down and closing your eyes and being mindful on the cushion. It's, it's about being mindful in relationship. And that's so much of what we're doing in our daily life practice. So for this week, um, to set the container for the retreat and um, to offer the conditions for us to all kind of come together, I'd like to offer the refuges and precepts as uh, informal and so we'll do this. Now uh, we'll chant the uh, the refuges in Pali together. Um, and this uh, basically the first part of this chant is an homage to the Buddha. Uh, those those words are Namo tassa bhagavato arahato sammasambuddho sa and it's basically an homage to the Buddha who woke up to this truth. Uh, by himself, Self, self-awakened one, is, is one of the samma, Sambuddhasa, self-awakened one. Uh, and then we'll uh, take refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, three times. So the, the, the language is buddhāng, Buddha, saranāng, which means refuge, and Gachami, which means to go towards, to walk towards. budang saranāng, Gachami. I go for refuge in the Buddha. Dhamang saranangachami, I go for refuge in the Dhamma. Sangang saranangachami, I go for refuge in the Sangha. The second time, the third time, we add, uh, for the second time, dutiyampi, before uh, the phrase. So dutiyampi budang saranangachami. And then tatiyampi the third time. Tatiampi budang saranangachami. Um, so we'll chant this together. No, we'll chant this. I'll do call and response uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the chanting. So I'll chant um, for the namo tassa the homage. I'll chant a few words at a time. For the um, the first refuge, I'll chant a few words at a time. Um, the then we'll then I'll chant a line at a time, so that we can get through this. And I think many of you already know this. So if you don't, just kind of go along uh, for the ride. And then for the precepts,
1: uh, we'll do those in English. Namo Tassa, Namo Tassa, Bhagavato, Bhagavato, Arahato, Arahato, Sama, Sambuddhasa. Sama Sambuddhasa Buddhasa namo tassa namo bhagavato arahato samma Sambuddhasa Namotasa namo tassa bhagavato arahato Samma sambuddhasa, Samma Buddha, Buddha, Saranang, saranang. Gachami, Gachami. Dhammang, Damang, Saranang, saranang Gachami, Sangang, Sanger. Saranang, Sarenang. Sarenang. Gachami. Duti MP budang sarananga chami, budang, budang sarananga chami, duty damang sarananga chami. Duti ampi dama saranaga chami. Duti ampi sangang saranaga chami. Duti ampi Tatiampi, Budung, Saranunga Chami, Tatiampi, Damung, Saranunga Chami, Tatiampi, Damung, Saranunga Chami, Tatiampi, tati Sangang, Saranunga Chami, Sangang, Saranunga Chami. I undertake the training. To
0: refrain from harming living beings. Harming living beings. I, undertake I undertake the training. To refrain from taking that which is not given. Is not given. I, undertake I undertake the training. To refrain from creating harm through sexuality. Harm through sexuality. I undertake the training. To refrain, from false to refrain from false speech, I undertake the training, undertake the training. to refrain from intoxicants, intoxicants. that cloud, cloud the mind and lead to heedlessness. So let's stand for a moment, um, just a moment to stretch your legs. And then we'll um, do a brief sitting Something I'll emphasize over and over during the week is the power of relaxation, that as we relax our mind and our relaxed mind or non-relaxation of mind tends to be a mind that is pulled into thoughts of past or future or even thoughts around the present moment and a relaxed mind actually is can be very naturally present and available and so beginning with relaxing the body perhaps checking in and noticing if there are areas where you tend to hold tension and seeing if there can be a softening, a releasing of those areas. Perhaps even taking a deeper breath, which supports relaxation, both of the muscles around the ribcage. Breathing in, noticing how those muscles stretch And breathing out, noticing how they relax. Maybe another deeper breath. And also this deeper breath supports relaxation through getting a little bit more oxygen into the system, which supports relaxation. And then letting the breathing return to normal I like to encourage not only the relaxation of the body the muscles the outer surface of the body but also sometimes it's possible to relax kind of in the depth inside in the core of the body not always but just right now check in and see maybe it's possible to relax inside the throat Maybe the heart can relax. Maybe the stomach can relax. Maybe the intestines can relax. And maybe even the mind, mental tension can relax. And Gil sometimes offers an, an analogy that, or an image that might support mental relaxation. And I'll offer you as though your brain were a muscle. See if you can relax your brain As the body and mind relax, there can be a very natural awareness that's simply, in very simple way, aware of yourself sitting here. Just noticing that you're aware in this moment. Aware of your body sitting in space. Aware of hearing. Hearing my voice, hearing sounds outside, quiet sounds in the distance, sounds in the room, relaxing and exploring, stepping back from listening and exploring, just receiving sound that comes to you. There's actually very little work we need to do to hear. And so exploring this aspect of hearing, hearing what comes to us. And also receiving Body sensations, as we settle, we can become aware of all kinds of sensations happening in our body. Sometimes I like to use the analogy of opening to this field of our body sensations, almost as if we were, were hearing it. Opening to hearing or listening to the body sensations, receiving perhaps the contact points of your hips against the chair or cushion or bench, contact points of hands, feet, Maybe the breath. Breathing. Exploring this possibility of being available for just this simple experience of human life being lived in this moment. Each of us, our human experience presenting itself through our senses, through sound, through body sensation, perhaps through sight, if your eyes are open or through sight, if you're noticing kind of a, a visual field of shape and color behind your closed eyes. Receiving also how you are in this moment. What is your mood? or state of mind at this moment. Maybe calm or agitated, at ease, confused, Whatever you're experiencing is part of the truth of this moment's experience. Thoughts may be coming through, relaxing and receiving this human experience. So much as human beings, we do want to be seen. We want to belong. And one of the most healing aspects of our mindfulness practice is that we can see ourselves, see our own humanity without judgment, without rejection, without holding on. And this being seen in this way can be very healing. In a way it allows us to belong to ourselves. Some of you may find it easeful to simply relax and receive what's most obvious for you in this moment. Maybe it's sound at times. Maybe it's body sensations or breath or a feeling if you are interested and able to stay connected to this stream of human experience, that is a form of meditation practice. And some of you may find it helpful if that connecting to that stream, you find you wander off into thoughts a lot. Some of you may find it supportive to connect to the breath. Breathing in, knowing that you're breathing in. Breathing out, knowing that you're breathing out. And yet it doesn't need to be an exclusive kind of attention with the breath. As you connect to breathing in and breathing out, you may also recognize that you're also hearing my voice, hearing and the breath. You may also connect with other body sensations and the breath, allowing for this broader field of human experience to be revealed even as we connect with the breath. And of course, the mind will get caught into thought, will get lost. And in that moment, at some point, you'll recognize that, that moment already mindfulness is back. And so acknowledging in that moment, oh, awareness is back. Perhaps reconnecting with relaxing the body and mind, and opening to receiving experience, experience that's already presenting itself your human experience. And connecting with the experience of breathing, if that's supportive for you.